commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Rex Combat, and you're listening to Core World News, your homeland news show for in-depth coverage and analysis of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now for your news segment rundown for March 20th, 2020. Commander Cody's Clone Wars Conspectus, Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. But first, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker has released on VOD and digital. Now for your host, Ben Grattan Adam, to revisit the film all right thanks so much grex uh glad to hear the cough has cleared up there um and uh yeah um and so glad that um disney uh allowed us to to take this movie home a little bit early um did you guys uh jump out and grab that right away i'm pretty sure you did yeah well i I had been since basically the end towards the end of last week i had a suspicion they might be doing this because you know why not do something nice for the world so every six hours or so, I was I was kind of Googling and refreshing my iTunes account. And then I think it was I went to sleep and I think it was what Saturday morning it popped up. Yeah. Why? So I, I texted you guys, grabbed it and then spent the rest of the day with Carly debating. Should we start watching it now? What about now as we're doing stuff throughout <laughs> the day? So eventually, eventually we watch. I wait till my votes always till wait till it's it's dark out to watch a movie like that. So I think we wait till about six thirty five and then we watched it. Yeah, that's great. And, and watching it again for probably it's probably my ninth time watching the film. I think I've, I watched it twice. It's released on VOD, yeah. and um, I think it has the most heart out of the three films. Like it is really a heartfelt journey in this in this final film, this final installment. And uh, I really, I really noticed a lot of those moments got me this time around. And I was like, oh, this is really this is really the culmination of all the films. Like JJ said, it, it works out so perfectly. And I know there are there are parts of the story that lag and feel like they're in service to, you know, uh, for instance, like footage from, of Carrie Fisher that, we, you know, they need to serve that story as well. And I feel like that the film lags in those areas. But other than that, it's just such a heartfelt story. And I feel like I, I, I liked it even more, these, these, these viewings at home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really couldn't wait to be able to pause a couple parts in this movie and just sort of like look at some things in, in closer detail. But really, I so I had kind of a unique aspect where um, my wife and I are were binging Harry Potter because I, I just wanted to watch all the movies back, you know, like next to each other because I think I watched them in like real, you know, as they came out in the theaters and never watched them again. Um, and I also wanted as a comparison, maybe like, you know, it could be some notes there for that might be used for episode 10, 11, 12 or some other, you know, some Jedi temple or whatever. Irregardless, <laughs> that's not a word, but I like using it. Um, <laughs> I was uh, gonna correct it. I was like, I won't. I'll let it go. Sorry, I don't know. I no, but then you auto corrected, so it was perfect. Yeah. yeah, I think it's funnier than the real word. So I, I human auto correction. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we finished up the last Harry Potter movie, and I was feeling in some kind of way, and I was just like, all right, I got to start watching this, and and threw on Rise of Skywalker right after it. And um, but I, I, I was sort of thinking as I was watching Harry Potter that like oh, wow, this is so great to have this story that's like this defined narrative and like that was missing from Game of Thrones. And some people said that about Rise of Skywalker, too, that it was sort of like cobbled together because of different directors. But honestly, when I watched Rise of Skywalker, it felt very intentional to me. It it just lines up so perfectly with the previous two movies that it's just like, oh, no, like J.J. really had a hand in this. And this was a story he wanted to tell. And it's kind of an amazing story. It was really great. So it just felt a lot more intentional this time. And, and then I picked up a lot of other sort of little things in there as well. 
But um, what about you, Adam? What did you think this time around? Yeah, it's similar. I, you know, for a movie that I think had so much working against it in terms of rushed or, you know, not rushed, but but a, a truncated production schedule, you know, having to get a new director in a new old director in yeah. um, and having you know, your star pass away, having your star pass away, having to be the ninth movie in a nine movie series that was shot episodes four, five, six, and then one, two and three, and then having 35 years off in between all these movies. Yeah, the movie should not work as well as it works. Um, and I really, it's funny, I, this movie, I, I said, I think when we first watched it, it's going to, it's going to benefit from rewatching. And, and I still stick with that. The one thing I've noticed is in my estimation, this is probably my fifth or sixth time watching this movie. It's not budged from my feelings about this movie, which I really, really love it. And yeah. I think that's really interesting. Like it hasn't gone up, hasn't gone down. Like my viewing experience has been fairly steady, which is not normal for me in a star Wars movie that, there's so much I love and it's starting to become a just it's starting to become almost another Star Wars movie to me very faster than some of the other ones where there's moments that I'm anticipating again, having only seen it six times where I'm like waiting for this line or I'm waiting for this moment. And, and, you know, yeah, I would love the three hour version of this, but man, does this movie just fly at a clip where even if yeah. there's a section where I'm like, this is my favorite section, it's over in five minutes. Like you can't get bored <laughs> yeah. by this movie. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm still, in awe of this movie at times about how much it had going against it and how well it works. Right. I think we, we had, we've said multiple times. I know I've said, it's like he did a really great job with his sort of mystery box um, work where he answered a lot of questions, but he left a lot of interesting things out to sort of think about. And, you know, and I don't know, I, I sort of predicted this would get better with age. And I really feel like the more you watch this movie, and like knowing the stuff that's around it, the um, the better all the you know the better it feels. It's just so fast. It takes a lot. You know, it takes real focus to to take it all in. Yeah, yeah. I really really admire. Um, one thing to point out is I really really admire that I like uh, JJ's take on Ray and Kylo's Force connection and the, and visualizing that that mm. bond, the Force Skype yeah. bond, and how it's different from how Ryan did it. And I think some of those, and then some of the montage work he does in here with the Force visions. I think that early one you see early in the film is just yeah it's gorgeous the sound design is incredible um the first the first kind of force uh uh meetup or whatever force connect force connection moment with ray and kylo <laughs> that's trying imagery, not that's just trying not to stunning. say force skype right yeah now. we're on skype right now and I, I mean we're already we're already promoting the brand so i just want to you know i, I can just hear real. your brain just but, like, um, don't say skype don't say skype don't say skype <laughs> yeah that's my brain um so that whole that first moment where that not the first moment where they connect. I mean, they connect when you first see that first force vision. But then the second moment they connect when I think uh, Ray's on, on Kajimi mm-hmm. uh, or no, no. Ren's on a ship and Ray is uh, on Pasana just uh, right. among the uh, the festival. And yeah. uh, and she is there's darkness behind her and she's wearing white and there's white behind Kylo yes. and he's wearing black. Yes. And there's a yeah, viewport to space too. behind yeah. Kylo. And there's like a light behind Ray, and it's this like never-ending yin-yang, this pattern of white and black. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it might be the most stunning uh, force connection moment that they've had in both between the two films, Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. I think that just the color palette, the production design, that moment is really, really stunning. And uh, I don't give Dan Mindel enough credit with the uh, cinematography as well. Yeah, that that yeah. stuck out to me this time as well. Um, and again, I've seen it multiple times. And I, I never really noticed that, I think, because I was more focused on, like, plot. But visually... Trying to keep mm, up with the plot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But visually, it really hit me. And I had the exact same yin-yang thought. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what he's going for, right? And it's so yeah. it's done so well. Like, the, 
like I just think this this movie is and I love the I love The Last Jedi. I still think it might be my favorite of the sequel trilogy, but I'm not quite ready to rank yank it, yank it <laughs> to rank it yet. Don't yank them. Don't yank it. Um, but I think this movie is like the perfect follow up to The Force Awakens. <laughs> If that makes sense. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, which, yeah, it's like the sequel to the first week. <laughs> it really is with with like episode eight being a side quest in a way, a little bit. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. It'd be really interesting to sit down and watch them all in a row. But like there's so much that's set up and paid off between set, uh, seven and and nine. And there's some setup and payoffs from episode right. eight. There's a lot of buttons for what goes yeah. on in eight and in, in nine. But mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, do, you guys, do you guys want to like go through this film kind of chronologically just quickly and just talk about some moments that we noticed? But you sure. go first, Ben. I know you were, you were trying to get some. It's a big we... movie. No, yeah. I mean, I really was just going to echo what you're saying. I, I spent a lot of time looking at the backgrounds because yeah. I, in the first few viewings, I wasn't really. I, I was like, I wish there were more landscapes and stuff. But I mean, obviously, there's stuff behind the main characters, you know, behind the characters. And so I was really looking at them, and and I did notice. I would actually both of you are saying the the cinematography was actually fantastic. You could grab any screen grab at like any given moment and just have this breathtaking picture. Um, it's just it's just moving so fast. It's tough to take the time to know it. And again, this is stuff you get to unpack with repeat viewings. But that was one of the things that I, that stood out to me. And I, I was actually really impressed uh, with the blocking and cinematography um, in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Can so, I, what else do we know? I, I don't want to go through you the know entire my main, movie because this is a yeah. but first topic. Yeah, no. But um, but just like yeah, whatever whatever you think. Go, go you want to know that. my main takeaway? Yeah. I no longer effing hate Dio. Nice. Oh, I, he um, says but, sad. He says sad. Uh, don't don't do that. I still I still I still effing hate that. Um, yeah. <laughs> he says sad. He says happy at the end. Yeah, he, <laughs> he says, says happy, happy when they're celebrating. Which, like, so that happy actually helped me get over my my real hatred of sad because I'm like, all right, fine. Set off. Set up. Pay off. Fine. The I miss her too, or I miss her is not awesome to me. But here's the thing. Wow. Have here's you no but, heart. No, I don't clearly. But here's the thing: you're a monster. It is clearly Dio is extremely cute. I do love the no thank you, the no thank you thing. They call like, him Cone Face at some they point. They do. Oh, oh calls he him does. That. And, and he's like, yeah. whoa! He's like, whoa! His name's Dio. Yeah, Dio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do love the no thank you. Droid bigotry is real, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Of course, it's coming out of Poe too. Yeah. But I do love. I know Poe yet again just failing us, just just morally bankrupt. Yeah, Poe's interesting. Um. But I will say with this, I love the Porgs. And then there are two gags too many with the Porgs, in my opinion. And what I realized is that's what Star Wars does. It takes whatever's cute and it goes, in my opinion, one one gag to one or two gags too far. Adam, what if I told you it's not just gags and it's like those classic beats in the, the, the fairy tale mythos that it, it started with? Like, for instance, yeah. like, you, I'll let you continue with yours in a second. Mm. What I learned from this film is Sith shouldn't conduct or facilitate prolonged executions. Like they shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's just it like just like Bond's <laughs> villains shouldn't monologue. Should probably not just do kill that. him. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he does try to straight up kill Kylo pretty quickly. <laughs> like just yeah. throws him down a shaft. That's right. Um, I mean, go, 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 the, go ahead with the your ceremony gag. was to make to imbue Ray with his um, spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to, to make her a Sith, you know, so that yeah. that was what the ceremony at least had a had a function. Right. That's true. 
Yeah. No, all I was saying, just the end of that is that Dio is just another example of it, it, it being extremely cute, very funny and goes one or two steps too far. And I, as with everything else, I've learned to just love what I love and, and ignore the, the, in my opinion, a couple of things where it's a little, little far for me and, and not let that ruin the rest of the amazing experience. Because as much as Dio annoys me at times, the no thank you stuff might be my favorite f- gag in the entire movie. You, yeah, he does right, it you're, twice. You're yeah. in quarantine. You're you're um you're social distancing. You're self quarantining, and you can choose to either be with Zori and Babu or Mando and Baby Yoda. Who do you choose? Oh, uh, Zori and 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 Babu, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's a tough call. Dude. <laughs> well, that's Zori, tough... Zori's got stories for days. <laughs> yeah, like that's like true. that's a fat so, person. Babu like would, would be a great drinking buddy. Exactly. Uh, you just be doing shots with those people all day. It'd be like, it'd be like you would have one shot and fall over, but it's still yeah. Mando and Baby Yoda seem yeah. pretty intense, and things go wrong pretty quick with them. I imagine. Plus, right. plus, as as you know, not to give too much away, as someone who's probably gonna have to be dealing with this somewhat soon in his life. Baby Yoda is a baby, which means right. there's work there, right? Like Babu <laughs> yeah. is a drinking buddy. Baby He's gonna Yoda be a, a two-year-old for fifteen years or something. Yeah, forever. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what i was thinking today i was thinking like how similar zori and babu uh, uh associate with mando and baby yoda and i was like i really like zori and babu and i wouldn't mind a zori and babu disney plus series like that might yeah, be too. one of the greatest I, shows of all i think time. i found the one human being who hates babu frick no oh, i oh. happen to be married to her oh, oh no. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like but like She's like, I know it's so annoying. He comes up later and he's doesn't that wear not, not wearing a seatbelt. I'm like, yeah, but he goes, hey, hey, not like, that's the best thing ever. Seatbelt? Yeah, I know. Well, that's like, like my greatest he's... takeaway from this film, and it's not even like a profound, yeah. like, intellectual takeaway. It's Fourth. just like I love Babu. Babu's the best. Next to me, like sort of like looking at her phone through the whole movie that I'm glued to. But then when <laughs> Babu like like perks oh, up, down. she's like, that's hey, what hey. she's like, hey. <laughs> And she smiles and laughs yeah. at that. Like that's the one like get moment that gets her. Um, I um one thing I noticed this time around was uh, when Ray was fighting with that remote on Ajahn Claw on Ajahn Claw, I think the planet's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, when she's training with that remote doing the training course, um, I just thought back to when Luke was fighting against the remote on the Millennium Falcon, and I I thought to myself, you know, Luke's initiation to the Jedi was in a moment where he was surrounded by technology. You know what I mean? He was in the, the Falcon. He was fighting mm-hmm. a remote droid. Like Ray in episode eight was initiated in nature, you know, like yeah. with Luke. And it was like, I was like, right. that is such a interesting and poetic idea that I feel like I overlooked completely. Like I overlooked that completely, I feel. And, it, and now she's dealing with technology in the training course. And it's almost like this metaphor for, you know, dealing with the, the machinations it's of a, the new the new fleet and the, the empire the new empire whatever it's especially interesting because she's very technologically adept right as a scavenger sure. someone oh, can yeah. like like it's really interesting yeah yeah that was pretty that's, great that's... i i think the whole actually something just occurred to me we we talked a little bit before about um uh, leia and sort of i mean the the loops that lay well different leia stuff there's a lot to unpack with leia alone um but especially in this movie but just that would be the thing that I, you know, we've already seen the Trevorrow script, but I would love to see this script if Carrie Fisher was alive. That would be the the yeah. last history that I would like love to know what would be different. Um, I thought they did an amazing job. There was so much cool stuff in there, like the the fact that it's like, oh no, she was trained and then like actively gave it up. 
she's training Ray the way that Luke trained her in the same spot, which makes so much sense. Like mm-hmm. she's going to be, you know, giving her the same. And it was like a much more rigorous like lesson. Plus, you know, Ray's learning her own stuff. I don't know. There was just it opened this whole world of Leia's, you know, whole side to Leia's personality that was essentially yeah. hidden um, until episode eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, we're gonna get plenty of that, I'm sure, in comics and books and where we can, and 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 maybe even in cartoon form at some point, which would be oh, which would be awesome. Yeah. But man, that that just reminds me when she, when Ray calls her master. Yeah. I I literally I was walking out of the room. I think the second time we were watching, I was walking out of the room, going to the kitchen to grab something, and that happens, and I literally went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> made that noise. No, yeah, it's like noise. an instant cry moment for me. Like it's um, so like that's so bittersweet. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Leia stuff really worked for me this time around, especially obviously the Death Star wreckage and kylo's turn like uh yeah. it just it gets me every it's really the emotional center of the movie i feel like it it hits me hard every time but well, the um, second leia sacrifices herself that is that movie yeah. turns hard like like there's like five cry moments in a row yeah it's, that's it's, that's uh, right where it like it, it ramps up i mean i think yeah. there's some more feel moments before it even though i'm not mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. well i mean obviously what you just said like when she calls her master pretty much every time carrie fisher or her yeah like, yeah um, but even like, um, yeah, yeah, like I, another moment that gets me before that is like, um, uh, yeah, we're going alone together or as friends. I can't remember the line. Right. Like, yeah. I like that's such a great Star Wars moment of like, yeah, of course, we're, of course, you're, of course, you're going alone. But with us, like that's. Us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was pretty great. And then the sort of thing where um, where they go general general. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just a nice it was a very Star Wars moment for those two characters that are sort of yeah. like square pegs a little bit in this whole franchise. It's also a great that whole scene where they're like, I need your help. We need to do this. Oh, you're general, general, general. Oh, this is more information we need to get moving is a great metaphor for the entire movie because it doesn't breathe (laughs) at all. And yet there's still like emotional beats and a comedy moment. And like it's the entirety of the film in like three seconds. Right. Yeah. Because I was it made me think back to like when they discover like where it's like general solo and, you know, general Calrissian. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And the original trilogy. So they made you a general now? (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh right yeah that was the beat i was like i know that i did was... lando for han's line that's okay yeah i was gonna yeah, yeah. i was gonna let it go but i love it yeah and i was, and of course my my move my maneuver at Teneb. yeah so <laughs> tell them about that little maneuver at Teneb. that's right Uh-oh. oh man man who knew that they the the resistance only needed lando's contact list to win the war I know. Well, so here's so you want to hear my fix for that real quick. Adam thinking it doesn't bother me that no one came to help at the end of episode eight, because again, great. You're going to love this because this is classic Adam fix. That movie takes place five minutes after. (laughs) But think about Adam fix. If you think about about the timeline. Oh, right. Here's the timeline, because it's five. It's like five minutes after the first order just blew up three planets. So, of course, everyone's frightened and not going to come to help because they're like, oh, blank. Yeah, right? I'm gonna run this... it as Star Killer. That makes a lot of sense. Right? Yeah. Now they've been under the thumb for a year, and so yeah. now the resistance has formed, has bubbled, you know, underneath. And that's why it makes sense where people who might have ignored the call immediately after that are like, you know what? I've had enough of this. Right. And they're like, we've they've heard, yeah, they've heard the threat from yeah the authoritative, you know, now undead Palpatine, and then and seen the the fallout from they they destroyed um. Kareemi, Karima, uh, Kajimi. Kajimi. 
And then yeah, that's uh, old school yeah. uh, kind of rotoscope like explosion of like fireworks like that. Yeah. Really cool explosion from the, the original trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so there, it does make more sense. And also it's like we've got them where we want them. You know, we've got them yeah. where we actually, yeah. you know, make change. And it's still a little far fetched, but it's it's kind of a sweet note that it's Chewie and Lando that fly in to save the day in the Millennium Falcon. I mean, and that's pretty cool. Would have been cooler with not no, but that's just me. Whatever. It's especially uh, precious because I last night I just literally read the pages in the in the book Vector Prime. Spoiler alert: where Chewie dies. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's still right my favorite scene, guys. That's still my favorite scene. It's yeah. pretty great, actually. I got I got like emotionally, even though I'm like this isn't real, <laughs> quote unquote real. It's also my favorite shot out. when she raises her hand and first pulls the the transport, and it's just kind of this wide. It's yeah. like my favorite shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back I, to I think it's what we always wanted. It was like low angle shot of force user pulling something out of the sky. Like we've well, been promised we that for so long, right? I like, know. Yeah. yeah. So no, that's that's great. I, I love their little confrontation and the uh, I still remember the moment she shot lightning out of her fingers when I was in the theater. That that yeah. was a great moment. So cool. It was oh, such so, cool. so shocking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was not intentional, but then it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great a great reveal in a way too yeah. like foreshadowing yeah. and it's also a perfect foreshadowing of what the emperor does later in the film it's actually this perfect mirror yeah. of that what gets amplified later yeah but it's like also it really funny because in the movie and this is not again i'm not the best at knowing where movies are going but like i've watched a lot of star wars in my life and so when you reveal the emperor in act one and then act two you have your character shoot lighting lightning out of fingers and then <laughs> and then kyle's like i'm gonna tell you where you are i'm like She's a Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. At that point, you're like, oh yeah, she's Emperor's yeah, Palpatine. Like never thought, right. never thought of it before this moment, but man, you're sure like laying your ducks in a row. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Martin was always good at that in his books. It just sort of there'd be there's always like this rhythm to his reveals, and he'd never really reveal anything, but he would like drop a really subtle hint to make you scratch your head, and then like a less you know subtle hint that you're like, oh. <laughs> Maybe that first hint was a thing. And so you got to be pretty attuned to get those first two. And then the third one is just like, it's still a hint. It's not outwardly right. saying it, but like, oh, that confirms it. And yeah. you know, he, that, that was the formula. Which you know, I think JJ. JJ was doing, right? Didn't, wasn't there all, all those breakdowns of like, of her fighting style in episode seven that looks somewhat yes. like Palpatine's? Yeah, yeah that like stabbing motion. I think you could probably go back and t- do a sound loop of 15 minutes of me poo-pooing that idea for the last two years on this podcast because <laughs> I, I think grant's brought up and i went yeah no, okay whatever was on that speculation was on reddit like a yeah. day after the film's release <laughs> like it was it went on reddit immediately people were like oh she's a palpatine clearly because yeah. how she holds her saber at a specific moment is a perfect graphic match to how saber hold uh palpatine holds his saber in yeah. episode three and i was like oh you that's something you wouldn't just like not that's not intentionally. An that's like yeah. not an accident. It's clearly right. the, the intention. But um, but it's perfect. I, I thought it was there. Stuff up. Yeah, I thought they were throwing us off the trail a little bit. I, you know, I didn't. Me too. She, she does a pull. She does a full Obi in that film where she's like sneaking around a uh, the the Star Killer base, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's like just like Obi Wan Kenobi. She's exhibiting really? the same behavior. Well, there's yeah, moments of her it. acting like Luke as well. I mean, they were just. I mean, JJ had his ideas of who she was, and just probably just went. Well, my thought is she's a Palpatine, but hey, you two figure it out, you know. Right. right. And then he must have just did dip back into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. Um, 
really yeah pretty interesting like how, how it came together but i i don't know i'm just super happy with the way that it did that yeah and i do think that's genius i do think the force awakens is genius uh in doing that in creating all this this mystery around the character man i will also say like i all i ever want to do is watch the catwalk scenes between episode seven and nine Shoot, on a loop back to back yeah oh yeah oh you mean with um both with, uh, with Han with ben and, and Han, and ben. yeah yeah. Or, yeah i actually i did notice this time um when leia is uh, leia when ray is brought back to life by ben like mm-hmm. she just says ben and like almost in the same way that han says it oh and, interesting and he just sort of smile i don't know that it just yeah. it, that was the echo to me was sort of yeah. of that that really stark moment in in um force awakens when he yells ben across the catwalk yeah um yeah but um, um. I have a final positive and I have a final positive and a final negative. Okay. Uh, my final positive is that I really like that there's this almost this four dimensional chess game going on, uh, between uh, remote four dimensional chess where it's like Palpatine's controlling these Snoke puppets <laughs> and Luke is appearing on Crate and there's kind of this using the Force from afar, this remote viewing sort of style to the yeah. uh, kind of yeah the war game, which I think is. So- Incred- this chess also has time travel in it. Yeah, there's lots going on. <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And this is it's, it's kind of is alludes to the cerebral storyline yeah. that George had uh, had talked about doing for this the sequel trilogy. And I was like, oh, this is it. I, 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 I almost wish I saw that more of that. But um, but nonetheless, I thought it was really interesting that that Palpatine was, you know, pulling the strings from afar. Although when I first heard that dialogue, I was a little <laughs> worried about the rest of the film after that. But yeah. I, they did pull it off, and but I um, do. That's a good point. I do love how much they they play around with distance and force use in these yes, films. Because yeah, even yeah. in episode seven, we get hints of it, right? Because uh, because Leia feels Han's death from right across the galaxy, basically. Sure, right. From, yeah, right. So like, going. you get a little bit of that, like, and then it opens up in episode eight, and then you know, Snoke lies and basically says, well, I've been doing this, right? And so you have this whole, it's such a great, it's, su- it's it such a great It makes sense setup. organically that Palpatine is able to do it with Snoke and mm-hmm. to do it with such, uh, with such, uh, with such a greater ability than both Leia and Luke because he's the dark side. And of course, right. he's harboring power, right? So it's this, I, I, it makes sense that he's able to do it uh, for yeah. a prolonged period. Um, uh, not a negative, but I do think like, I do think you could have done a, done a love story between Rose and Finn in this film and it would have been an incredible like anchor for the resistance. Oh, like yeah. Han and Leia's love was so powerful because you know they're outgunned and outmatched at every corner and 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 yet like their love brings hope to the rebellion. And it's, it's kind of the central anchor that I think a resistance needs. But um but I, I did I I do I, I do love the the family story with Ray and I, I feel like that was the beating heart of the film and I totally get it. And I, I, that was just my only thing where I was like, ah, I kind of that kind of could work. I feel like it could have worked. Yeah. It, I mean, they set it up in episode eight. It's definitely there. I think probably the, the bit of discussion is you're right is like how many let's how many emotional story beats do we want going on? So let's just focus on the family line. But I, yeah. you know, I, I was watching it this time and Carly and I were talking and I feel like Ray should have been on the Falcon at the very first scene and should have figured out light ski, speed skipping there. And then when she gets back to, was it, uh, not Kajimi, Asian, Asian Claus, yeah. then she's requested to stick around, you know, make her, give her something more to do a little bit at the beginning of the film. I would have appreciated that a little more, but that's just yeah, my yeah. thought. 
Right. I mean, there's, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think there could have been some more stuff you do with, um, um, I'm sorry, with Rose. Yeah. But um, she kind of just had her moment in, in eight, you know, where yeah. it was like, that was the, the her storyline, her like family storyline is, you know, with her sister who passes. And I mean, yep. she had, she had a lot of airtime in there. Oh, and, she had a lot. She had her emotional arc yeah. in eight. Yeah. And it was I mean, a little compressed one, for me, though. Like if she yeah. had actually, if the relationship had actually grown to love in the ninth film, that would make more sense. Whereas I feel like it was kind of compressed right. in. Yeah. Eight. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I, I, oh, what if, what if yeah. they kind of elongated that a little bit, had a little bit more planning with Rose? I, like, I, I think that they, a, a, a great love connection would would be beautiful for the resistance i think and i you don't really get that you get a family connection which is great i love it i love the family the new family newfound family right. connection but and also powerful finn's whole thing was sort of he he's i mean his character changed a ton between yes. like what we see in eight and nine but it's like in this one he's more he's like come to peace with his place in the universe it's like he's actually felt the force and understands the forces there and believes in the force, I think now, because like he's just so peaceful and he's just so self like, um, I don't know. He, he's just understands himself so much better and like knows himself and, and therefore knows his surroundings. And it's like, really his storyline was a, a lot of that dealing, coming to grips with the fourth, which was, would have been confusing if there was like a love story, because like, I, I thought there was going to be a love story between him and Ray because of that first, like, you know, the sand thing. I never uh, told but, you. Yeah. Right. But that was, you know, which is like obvious. And then like, you know, Poe sort of furthers that, but that was the real misdirection for what, you know, that, that whole sort of, you know, thing, which I, I thought that was creative and interesting and like some new depth to it. But also yeah. there was the Xana part where they sort of, um, they wanted to get that storyline in there too, or like life being a stormtrooper and growing up that certain way. And I guess that's sort of the family, the family yeah. has to it. But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's always this, this story could have gone a million ways just due to how ambiguous it was in the, you know, first two sequel movies. But, um, this is the way they went, which is pretty cool. Um, I have, uh, one more, I have this little nugget of information. I don't know if you guys saw this and we didn't talk about it before, but, um, they pulled, uh, a paragraph out of the novelization, um, that describes what happened to Palpatine after Darth Vader threw him down the energy shaft. Do you guys want to hear it right now? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do All it. All right. Um, so I got this off of Screen Rant. I'm sorry, reasons. Um, but yeah, so just to give credit where credit's due... But all right, so the, the paragraph is, uh, Plagueis had not acted fast enough in his own moment of death, but Sidious, sensing the flickering light in his apprentice, had been ready for years. So the falling, dying emperor called on all the dark power of the Force to thrust his consciousness far, far away to a secret place he had been preparing. His body was dead, an empty vessel long before it found the bottom of the shaft, and his mind jolted to a new awareness in a new body, a painful one, a temporary one. Mm. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah, that lines All up right. with the Book of the Sith, if you picked up that yeah. kind of trove of knowledge. So let me say why I love that for two reasons. One, um, that completely lines up in episode three, right? Because he killed Plagueis in his sleep, right? Yeah. yeah. Which I just think is great, which is why he's probably waiting because he knew Plagueis could probably do this if he was awake. So he had to wait for that moment of oh, right. sleep. When he was asleep. Yeah. Secondly, that last line of like a new body, a, what was it? A new body, a, uh, a painful, painful, 
a, a painful body. A painful one, a temporary one. A temporary one. It's like, oh, I want that story. I want that story now of like, 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 oh, like that's that's such right. perfect Star Wars to be like. Oh, yeah. That Don't you want to see? Yeah. Like a top light from the ceiling like yeah. down on a clone that's like in pain and agony coming out of some kind of a. Here's a quick, like that is fascinating visual. Yeah, that's like that's great. Here's a quick thought about that. Because it says a, a a painful body, a temporary body. Um, I remember was it in was it in Aftermath, the book Aftermath, or was it in the book Shadow Wing or Squ- what was it, Shadow Squadron or Alphabet Squadron? Alphabet Squadron. Squadron. Yeah. Remember that they had the so after this they had Operation Cinder and they had those those um those robots walking around, the droids walking around who are like basically observing what was happening. Yeah, the messengers. Yeah. The messengers. Yeah. And remember how the grandma was was sitting there feeling like this this messenger was oh, there's more the going yeah. on yeah. inside yeah. of it. And so I wonder if she actually transported his body into a droid body and had been like for uh, during that whole thing, just going back and forth between droid bodies, like observing what was happening. Or if those samples oh. were like a relay system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or if there were yeah. clones inside the droid like oh. in inside. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you actually were looking at his face, and he could sort of awaken the clones mm. within the the, the mechanism. Like jump between bodies or something. Yeah, yeah. Like he could like jump into it to actually See. experience the moment when he needed, and otherwise they're autonomous and just sort of because they never do anything, right? They just hover there and like and yeah. like like blackface, and then all of a sudden, boom, you get like his face. That that actually that's a really good call out. I'm not gonna be a thing. Uh, so I mean, this kind of leads to my final thoughts about my final thoughts until I have a ton more thoughts about episode <laughs> nine. But final thoughts for this segment for me is that like if this movie does the perfect thing that every Star Wars movie does, which is answers tons of questions and poses more. Right. Which and not in a way that makes it feel unsatisfying. Right. Like there's just so much so many more stories that can be told based on just throwaway lines in this film. I still feel complete. I feel like the saga is done. But yeah. There's a lot more they can do. And related to that is like as we're talking about Finn's journey or as you were talking about that, Ben, I do love Finn's journey so much. And I was kind of I had this weird moment of emotions where I'm like, oh, and his journey's done. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's alive. Like, there's going to be more movies, more things. Yeah, like, we're going to so find out about like, at the end of this film. I know. Yeah, we just amazing. we just need the right time for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, you know, off air, we're usually a lot more critical of the movie than we are on, um, which is just that's how we want to roll with this. We we love yeah. these movies and don't want to yeah. spread, you know, too much disinformation. Yes. I mean, but we're always thinking about Star Wars. And so there's good and bad. But um, there's a so just to add one criticism on this, which is there's one thing that like even my mind, I am the biggest just like, oh, no, I get it. Whatever you're trying to tell me, I get like just yes. be, you know, spoon yes. the truth. And yes, I will repeat it. Um, there's one thing that I would love to know, and it's how does Ben Solo get, get from uh, get from uh, Kefbeer to Exegol? And so we know right. he takes a TIE fighter, but yeah. A, where does he, he get went the TIE to the, fighter? He went to the Death Star wreckage and he just took an old TIE. Yeah, TIE right. fighter so, from the Death right. Star wreckage. Check. Right, TIE Next fighter from question. the It checks right. out. And then he just navigated that like maze of what from memory. <laughs> yes, he used <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. he used the force. Yeah. Remember, That's he even told answer. her earlier in the film. He's like, You're yeah. "Here's a here's thing. a bigger question, not a bigger question, but here's one because I'm like, I can get all around that." Um, uh, Tie fighters. You're like, "That's in, no problem. That's no problem." But here's let me get technical. 
TIE fighters in that part that during that era didn't were not equipped with uh, hyper drives. Hyperdrives. Yeah, that's so that that's the real thing. <laughs> so that's the real reason this doesn't work. No. <laughs> but it, it was I mean what happened though was when he landed on Exegol it was this awesome shot of mm-hmm. an old school X-wing and an old school TIE fighter like parked yes. right next to each other which is like the whole dyad thing like you know. It's really it's cool. so interesting right because it's one of those things where in the movie I was so on board with what was happening that I didn't even question it. And then as giant star Wars nerds, I've asked those same questions and I don't think there's a satisfying answer. I just, and I'm sure, I'm sure the story group brought up to JJ and JJ just went, don't worry about it. (laughs) <laughs> like that's I your story yeah, wanted to tie advance and JJ wanted to keep it classic with just yeah. A, a yeah, yeah. tie. But that's totally. why the story group is there because they will yeah. write a short story of in that'll be in Star Wars Insider that explains how he did this. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, like the one TIE fighter they're experimenting like exactly. with is like in it's stored in the Death Star and it's kind of yes. uh, it's, it's yeah. It's yeah, I, I think, I will, yeah, yeah. Just one yeah. one note is like I think they spent the first sort of two movies, two and a half movies showing the Skywalker side of 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 Ben Solo. But like when he really became himself was when he accepted his father, the part of him that wasn't a Jedi. And like that was like that might have secretly been the best part of him because it wasn't corrupted by the dark side. It was just this hero that wanted to be a hero and help people. And and like that was the really, you know, maybe if he had a father more in his life, you know, if he had just hung around with his dad the whole time that there might be a, you know, message yeah. in somewhere, but like, so if he's really, he's, Oh, I just, I really feel like he embraced the, the solo side. He's using a blaster. He's just like doing these crazy stunts. And he's just like, he, he's really behaving like Harrison Ford, which oh, I yeah. love, yeah. but to explain it more, like Han Solo knew how to fix ships. He knew how to like dovetail mm-hmm. a hyperdrive onto another ship if he needed to do it. So I think that's probably the story there is he's in there. He has to fix, a, you know, in short order, fix a tie fighter, and you know Jerry Riga, you know a, a hyperdrive onto it, yeah, and and that's probably what happens, you know, totally. and, and it makes sense in the story too, just being more if he's being more of his dad's side. I love it. I'm sure it's in the three and a half hour cut that's coming at some point. <laughs> Please give yeah. it. I'm to willing it. this into existence. Yeah, and you really feel like Ben Solo is a. You really feel like he's a. My feelings to this. Yeah. You really feel like Ben Solo is a Jedi again at the very end because yes. I think Palpatine delivers a line like, the Jedi are dead. And then just J.J. lets the silence ring out after that. Mm-hmm. And then it's just the clo- the extreme closes of Rey and Kylo, Kylo. like connecting yeah. with the Force. And when, yeah. it's after the utterance of Jedi. And it really makes you think Ben Solo is now a Jedi. And there are two. And it feels like there are two Jedi for the first time on screen together yeah. act active jedi yeah. not you know a passive jedi but two active jedi warriors on screen for a second at the very end yeah. and it just I, I think it opens up the galaxy all over again and makes me i'm so excited for the stories ahead of this where we're just we're getting back to you know two to three jedi on screen at once and really really fun epic tales yeah swashbuckling absolutely. and yes yeah, that like was that. definitely the most joyous moment for them and he does he's like in the, the black outfit like not unlike luke and uh, but with his blue light, you know, when he finally gets his blue lightsaber, he's like, now, oh, now I'm back. Like this. And is when the two of them are just lined up and they ignite their sabers at the same yes, time. I just want to like yeah. just cheer every time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's almost the same to, to me in the new sequel trilogy. My my biggest feel moment is still in episode seven when Ray pulls the lightsaber to her. Like nice. to me, that is like I still right. get chills every time I say that. That moment is a very close second. And it's when the both, which again, which is a payoff moment, right? It's totally yeah. building off of that moment again, but it's just like, oh, yeah. 
That's on her um, intro screen in um, Battlefront 2 when you just like sort of thumb over mm-hmm. her like um, her image. That's mm-hmm. she pulls the lightsaber to her hand. And it's oh, kind wow. of this weird moment. And like, but that was just like, that's now her, one of her iconic moments. Yeah. And also absolutely. really thinking about that dyad more. I can't, I'm just thinking about the fight in, they have together in Snoke's throne room and how like that telling that was, because like, there's a time where they switch lightsabers for a while. Yep. Yep. She's using the red lightsaber and you're like, wait, wait, what? You know? And yeah, a lot of, a lot of cool. stuff. I, I, this is a comment about something you said a long time ago, probably 30 minutes ago now, uh, Adam, but um, yeah, <laughs> they. Uh, I I think it at first on first viewing, I really thought it connected so much more to eight. But then after this viewing, now I'm seeing the ties into seven. But yeah. um, I do think it just it just like a, two puzzle pieces snapped together perfectly with eight because there was so like the fight, the acto scene, the like. There's just yeah. so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. Really, I mean the the you know the off maligned Mary Poppins scene. Like they were all really. Uh, become yeah. you know true. much more good point yeah much- and i also noticed how it echoes moments from all nine films like even in the prequels episode one yeah. uh in the pod race in that canyon moment where i think the power coupling like shakes loose and oh yeah totally uh, falls mm-hmm. into another uh, pod racer engine and uh in this it's almost the similar same thing where finn throws out a rope it lands in that kind of tread bike it lands right. it lands on the tread of, of the, the the tread bike and um and it flips over, and I was like, "Oh, this is like a beautiful homage to the the, the Phantom Menace." Like, I, I totally I did, did a great job. It's so funny. Now I know. I, neither did I. I love that scene. Now. We need to, yeah, which is not one of my favorite scenes. We need to, in one of our upcoming episodes, try to find because I feel like now that you said that that that's a, obviously a conscious decision. There must be an homage to every single episode callback, callback. and I think we need to watch through and try to find them. Like, yeah. what are the six yeah. callbacks? Like, I haven't callback. seen one yet, but actually, I've seen one with like callbacks to episode eight, but or every like reference, but yeah. I don't think for all the movies because I, I bet he's, I bet there's, I bet there's, thousands. I bet there's an Attack of the Clones in there, I bet there's a Revenge of the Sith specific kind of callback yeah. or homage or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've sure spent a lot of time on this. <laughs> you guys got anything more? Any other, fi- any other final, final thoughts? Right, final, final question to you guys. What is this war called? Is it in the Victual d- d- Dictionary? <sighs> do, they, do they name the war? Because I know we, are in the, we were in the Galactic Civil War in the original trilogy. What's the right. war between the Resistance and the First Order called? Oh my, do that's you know? such a good question. Uh, oh wow. I mean, it wasn't really much of an, a, a war, right? It was like the First Order, they, I mean, it's it's like the Star Killer incident, right? Or no, right. the Hosnian Prime. The Hosnian Prime or Hosnian so, incident, yeah. So it I mean, was really. They referenced this to be a. They referenced this whole conflict as a war, though, a few times in this film. I'm just wondering yeah. what this world's war will be titled, mm. you know, by the story group. Right. They. I just know, like, Battlefront Two calls it the Age of Resistance, and you know, versus the Age of Rebellion versus the Age of the Republic. Right. But you're We're right. See the Galactic Civil War Two or like so, the second. it's not really a civil war though the second sith war i mean it's the first war we've had sith involved with it like i feel like something like that or like the um the sith resurgence maybe that's yeah the sith resurgence or something like that because you're right because it is there's the clone wars the civil war the galactic civil war there's got to be it'll that's so interesting because you know there's going to be that they're going to have some some nomenclature that's going to be in the literature from now on yeah yeah interesting that would be interesting. And also, you just reminded me of one more thing. Like, there's a line <laughs> in there where I think when he's shooting that, like, lightning bomb through the sky, I think um, Sidious says, nothing can stop the return of the Sith. That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, and I was like, whoa. And then I was just like, <laughs> oh, like he's trying to do a Sith army now. Like this yeah. is what he, he was attempting a Sith army. And I think that would be a really cool thing for guys. I also think well. Ray Ray killed more people in this movie than in <laughs> any other like, you know, heroic. Oh, yeah. Uh, franchise yeah yeah she might have a bigger death count than yoda <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah that would, be, that would be a good infographic if anyone's listening and wants to do a sweet infographic <laughs> let's do a death count for you know somewhat morbid but it's 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 staggering Fascinating. data is yeah. yeah 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 all right guys great work this movie i'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it one or two more times <laughs> no i don't think so this is it never, you'll never <laughs> hear from us again as a final word yeah this is it <laughs> one more thing no, I'm <laughs> now from the front lines of the other mcgs commander cody's clone wars conspectus very good sir thank you cody <laughs> okay this week uh uh brought the arrival of uh episode five of the clone wars titled gone with a trace with a trace um and uh, just to give you a brief synopsis of this episode in case you haven't seen it um you should but um the synopsis is ahsoka tano leaves the jedi temple and immediately crashes into her new life falling into league with two mechanics in the lower levels of coruscant trace and rafa martez uh ahsoka tries to define her life post jedi amongst the backdrop of the planet's criminal underworld meow 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 so yeah we finally get some ahsoka tano back um how do you guys uh, feel about this episode what do you think uh i dig the uh the low rider speeder bike that she was on that was pretty sweet but we saw that at the end of the clone wars uh, but that whole scene the animation's really improved uh when you first see her she's riding a sweet speeder bike and uh Coruscant looks gorgeous. I didn't realize how much I missed Coruscant. Like I yeah, love yeah, Coruscant. Yeah. I think it's gorgeous. I think our kind of our show, the aesthetic of our show, our logo, everything's kind of based around Coruscant. I hope we can return to that someday in the stories. And, uh, Four, and World I love, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, and in the live action would be great too. But but this was beautiful. This was stunning, and how the animations improved, and how beautiful the cityscape looks. I was I was mesmerized by it, and then. To hear all the old sound design that we remember from the prequels, I was like, "Oh, this yeah. is this is classic Star Wars to me." And I hope we never lose that kind of that uh, that serial sci-fi Flash Gordon feel to Star Wars. I I hope it always I hope it always uh, stays like that, and it, it keeps true to what George did in the prequels, and doesn't forget what George did in the prequels. That's my biggest fear: is that yeah. Star Wars creators will forget what George did in the prequels because I think there's so much good stuff there in terms of art direction and sound design. And uh, I was so happy to see that again in this episode. And uh, and we go down to level 1313, which was a game that was canceled. And yep. so excited what? to finally see 1313. And, was 1313 name checked? Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was yeah, name totally. checked. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I, didn't, I missed it. Yeah. Cool. That's so awesome. long, long story short, uh, uh, Ahsoka's bike breaks down and she falls down this long this the shaft into the, the the pits of Coruscant, basically the lower levels, and uh, she falls down to specifically level thirteen thirteen, which was a game uh, the, uh, that Lucas Arts was going to make. I think around like I want to say like two thousand nine. Like yeah, it was a couple years before the sale of um, Lucas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. And I think it was it focused on Boba Fett's journey, his early journey. I think as a character uh, becoming a bounty hunter, things like that, and. Uh, and his adventures in the lower levels of Coruscant, which got canceled, um, sadly. And uh, but nonetheless, we got a, we got a name check here, so we are in thirteen thirteen now. 
we are looking at this. And it would have been interesting to see the Clone Wars in that game kind of line up, you know, like in, in terms of synergy and uh, release dates kind of have that episode come out and 1313 come out. Like, I feel like that was the plan before everything, right. you know, got, got canceled. That's true. That's true. Because they would have been working on this while George yeah. was still seeing yeah. it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of synergy, um, if you're looking for a companion piece to this, um, uh, the book Ahsoka is a fantastic uh, book. It's a really fun ride, um, and it's more of this great character. Um, that book takes place after whatever we're about to see in Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, this is this like literally the last scene in um, whatever season six is when she's driving away on a motorbike away from Anakin, and this picks up right then. Um, which is that's really cool. Um, there's a lot of sentimentality in this season, and I really appreciate it. It's just like it, you know, bringing back Coruscant. I think is just like it, we miss it. I mean, I miss it. It's just nice to see it. B1 battle droids are just fun to see. The you know the clones, Rex and Cody, and like all these great characters. It's it feels like a curtain call in a lot of ways. Um, subtle, but still super fun. Yeah, I I agree. I I enjoy the episode. I cannot agree more with kind of seeing Coruscant again, how much I love that. It was good to see Ahsoka again. It's a nice reintroduction to her character and kind of the moral compass she walks around the world with, where sometimes that's, that's nice to have. Right. But it was nice to hear her kind of being put into, um, you know, a, a sticky situation and her having to rely on her morals and ethics, which I think was, was worth it. Yeah, and I found it interesting uh, that Trace kind of mars the Jedi when she talks about them. She really yeah. reminds them Bad and, and so, talks yeah. about yeah, yeah, throughout the episode. And uh, and Ahsoka's confronting that, and uh, obviously keeping secret uh, her origin or her training as a Jedi. And um, I thought that was a super interesting dynamic between the two characters. I really like Trace and uh, Ra- uh, Trace and Rafa, the sisters that were introduced in this episode. Yeah. Uh, they're really cool characters. Scrappy hustlers, uh, mm-hmm. talent. Yeah, trying to just trying to make their way. Yeah, just uh, their their out their outlook is just super interesting to me. They're just you know they they live in the lower levels. They kind of uh, they kind of have this this I don't know they kind of this disease and this uh, this kind of um, uh, uh, animosity towards people on the high level. They're kind of just living down there and they're just stuck in their own environment. And, uh, but it, she seems to be content. It doesn't seem like she wants to go to the upper levels. It seems like she's kind of adapted to life down below and, yeah. uh, just a really interesting outlook. I think this character, I was actually surprised they didn't really hate on Ahsoka for revealing that she was like lived on the top side. Like they, I thought there would be more sort of resentment there but i don't know they, they yeah not not not, not animosity but just friction i feel like there's like a tiny bit of friction but maybe not yeah maybe not yeah subtle yeah so no i agree i was expecting it to be a little more in your face yeah it could yeah. have been yeah i mean pretty interesting that suddenly we, so now it, so much time has passed in our time but uh, you know when last we see ahsoka she's she's rejecting the jedi order because they're not who she wishes they were and then she finds herself defending the Jedi moment like hours later, you know? Yeah. I mean, because she's I mean, that's still that's her identity. And she's like, well, no, there's very good parts of the, the Jedi. And but I mean, in a lot of ways, um, Trace is echoing her own sentiment, which is just like, well, you know, the Jedi used to be this great thing. We had heard stories of them doing great things for people, probably more, you know, the the, the people, um, the masses, rather than fighting these, you know, bureaucratic wars over trade disputes and things that don't yeah. really 
you know, that, that are far from their, their primary creed. Yeah. Trace associates the Jedi with war. Like she says, you know, mm-hmm. they'll yeah. bring the war down here. Jedi are down here. They'll bring, they'll, they'll bring the war to you. And I think yeah. that was super interesting. It's interesting that we're hearing kind of the regular folk and their outlook, their perspective on the Jedi and the war and the, the war versus the, with the separatists and martial law and this lockdown situation. Like, it's interesting to hear their point of view. Um, another line, I think Trace, at one point they're having this philosophical conversation and Trace drops this line that's like, what do you need to know about people? Like, some people are good, some people are bad, and then there are those with cross wires, like a binary load lifter. Yeah. The droid that becomes a central part of the episode. But um, I thought that, that was beautiful because it kind of alludes to Anakin in an interesting way. Yeah. It's like he's he is he has crossed wires for sure. I mean, he doesn't he's he's going back and forth from light to dark and doesn't know which mentor to trust and put his faith in. And it's kind of yeah, it's just it's just I love I love following Ahsoka's journey because there's a lot of uh, it alludes to Anakin a lot of the time and the dialogue and things like yeah. that. And, and, and that kind of yeah, it's just I, I don't know. I really I'm happy we're back with Ahsoka because there's so much there's such a level of depth that you can reach with that character that I don't think is possible with other characters during yes. the Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. She's very unique. And her closeness to Anakin makes it even more bizarre. Like she actually has a stronger moral compass, but like looser rules because of her experience with Anakin and like how much he's gotten done. And she's right. a confused, uh, she's still a confused young woman. Absolutely. I was doing a bit of Googling because I was trying to figure out how much, space is there between this episode and i just looked up order 66 because that's pretty much the end of the clone wars or the end of the jedi right yeah uh these both both these things the trial of ahsoka tano and order 66 takes place during uh, 19 years bby oh because so we're right up against it so i had this thought because we see from previews that she's clearly gonna be brought back in for a little bit at least and 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 um and yeah. running her own clone troopers. So and I, I had this feeling that she was on the run for or on the lamb for a lot longer, but apparently not. We're only talking about a matter of months. Yeah. Do you think Anakin like deputizes her in secret and kind of doesn't tell the Jedi Order? Mm, maybe. Do you think that's what happens? That that sounds like something Anakin would do. Totally. That yeah. that sounds like what I that that's what I think may happen. But I it would be I'm excited to see what happens. I don't know. And then do we get her experience during order 66 or is that told in ahsoka I no, we, that's actually that's 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 essential i think that's a necessity at this point i think we need that yeah. story because i think that's going to explain so much about her character in rebels and it's going to explain yeah and then going forward we'll have rebels uh was it season four or whatever the new season of rebels will come out um next this christmas i think like around this december i mean obviously is that a lot of things are getting delayed. Right is it now. an operation? <laughs> is that confirmed? Yeah. It's not confirmed, but there are rumors that I that the rebels uh, yeah, a yeah. new season of rebels, not rebels. I guess it's a spinoff with, uh, oh, right, uh, whatever is uh, uh, Harrison uh, Dula, Jason Sindula, uh, Ahsoka, Ahsoka, and, yeah, yeah, and Sabine Wren. Yeah, and Sabine. Sabine. Yeah. Sabine. Yeah. Sorry, Sabine. Sabine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'd be crazy because it wouldn't really be rebels anymore because it, it, it would have to happen post, uh, after, um, yeah, it's almost uh, perfectly the second it's almost, death star, right? It's yeah. almost perfectly positioned to explore the story of what's going on in the unknown regions and Luke's yeah. journey to try to reach certain <laughs> locations in the unknown regions, uh, oh my God, so we uh get I.E. Exegol. Luke, 
they yeah. could team up or like cross paths with Luke. Yeah, as exactly. Adventure, That's exactly right. Which yeah, could to another the spinoff that I want. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I can I make a point that maybe yeah. it's time to stop naming animated shows after specific time periods? Yeah. Because you keep because Star Wars Clone Wars, you have limited your time in spelling. Star Wars Rebels, you have limited your time. Star Wars Resistance, you limited your time. So if you call it Star Wars, I don't know ahsoka or star wars the it, quest i bet it's going to be called the outer the or you know yeah. something like outer, regions outer regions or like yeah. yeah or adventure or quest of the outer regions. wild wild space I, I think wild space prospecting frontiersmanship i think that's a big thing that they're going for right now because if you look at the high republic and some of the rhetoric rhetoric they're using it's it it sounds like they're talking about the frontier really it's like right ex exploration and exploration will lend to so many games in the future. It will lend to so, it will lend to yes. it, it's just there's yeah. so much there. I do worry about it entering Star Trek territory because that is such a big part of Star Trek. But right. um, but I do there's, feel like this is kind of this is kind of a big uh, this is kind of a big uh, talking point slash direction for the uh, the new content. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Um, that I mean that would be a fun fun thing. I hope it happens. Um, and, and yeah, hope it happens. Um, I love the axiom at the beginning of this episode where it's, yes. if there is no path ahead, create your own. I thought that was really beautiful. That's almost something I wanted. <laughs> Again, I go back to my discussion about eight and how I wanted like a little bit of forced communication between Ray and Luke at the end of that film. And uh, that's, that's kind of one of the lines that I thought Luke would tell her. Right. Something like that. Before he goes um, away. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Yeah. Oh, don't be afraid of who you are. We got that sort of instead, which was such a great line. Yeah, that's a really that's and, a and, character as well. And also, like when you see Dark Ray use that line, like "Don't be afraid of who you are," and you're like, hey, "You're the scariest thing I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> well, why'd yeah, those, you file your Nashers, points? Man, Nashers. Yeah. 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 That's, that's that was still so great to behold. Um, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Any more uh, notes about uh, this episode, right Her? Uh, I did. I thought the uh, the kind of criminal guy and his two henchmen were interesting. Like they were kind of interesting aliens. Uh, like the the bodyguards were these really kind of lanky green aliens. Kind of. They cool. were cyclops too. Yeah, it was right. Cool species. I don't think we've seen them before. No, I thought uh, they might have been that. Like what um oh, that like battle droid guy like without the armor like would be look like yeah. based on like their green head shape, which is like sort of like a tooth. But um, no, I think yeah. the Cyclops thing, I think, changes that. And again, yeah. anim animation blazes the path for exploring, like, alien designs for characters yeah. that are in active roles. Like, we see in the live-action yeah. films, we get new alien designs, but it's usually extras. It's usually yeah. characters in the back, in the BG. And um, and the animation really just gives us aliens in prominent roles all the time. Yeah. And yep. I think that's something that could carry over into the live-action and work out great and i, I don't so i haven't seen i haven't seen any of these storytellers do that yet so I'm, i hope that happens yes yeah well, that was another season of mandalor uh mandalorian coming up so there could there's some more opportunities there and mando is uh, really pushing the curve on that. yeah they're definitely doing that i think and uh yeah i mean I we saw Mando. yeah they did a, they had a live action twilight that was great and um Deveron yeah. and those were big yeah. roles Ugnot, so yeah Ugnot, right yeah of course yeah, yeah. Which I still don't understand why the Mandalorian calls him an Ugna in like the final episode of the season. I was like, how irreverent is <laughs> Din Djarin? Like, come on. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like being selfish and thinking about your own backstory the entire time. It's like, it's like, what about the Ugnaught? Like, he has a name. 
is the name. Uh, you save it for Fistful of Beskar. <laughs> may it return sooner than later. Uh, that's all. But I, mean, I don't have very many notes for this episode. I really liked it. I'm excited to see where it goes. Obviously, there's a little chase. We haven't mentioned the, the plot. I mean, you've mentioned the plot in a summary, but in the episode, there's this big kind of droid, this chase with these binary low lifter droids and they sure. kind of go haywire. It's a whole thing, but it's, it's fun. The animation's really beautiful. Uh, check it yeah. out if you like action. Yeah. What is, what is, where, what is the binary load lifter reference? I know uh, it's from episode bi- four. Um, I speak, uh, 3PO speaks binary load lifters or speaks spotchy, which is similar to the dialect of binary. Binary I think it's is it I think it's low lifters. Was it my first my first mission was yeah um, was speaking or working on binary load lifters. Load lifters, which is very is similar that not to... in episode oh. two? No, I'm in episode two. No, four. I'm like, it's, like... it's episode four. Uh, I'm like ninety percent sure. Sorry, this is one of those things I should have figured out. And if then you're ninety percent, if you're ninety percent, that's fine. But um, I know they've been featured before in the stories. I just I. I had heard it sounded super familiar and I was like, oh, and it was just one of those classic kind of, it's almost like, I think it's, this goes back to Lucas. I think he created this and he wrote this down. Which, the binary. All right. You ready? So evaporators, sir. Evaporators, sir. My first job is programming binary low lifters. Oh, very similar to your evaporators in most respects. Okay. That's the episode line. four. We had to. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. That's and there they line. are. And there was also, so binary load lifters went through, there was generations of them. So there was, earlier generations of load lifters as well but well good who knew they were so uh temperamental yeah <laughs> um yeah they were uh, and also we get a lot of rafa and she's pretty cool we haven't really talked about her she wears this big fur jacket she kind of looks like she ran out of fight club or something it's really oh yeah character oh totally um yeah, yeah almost like cyberpunky in in, yeah. in a way uh, uh i I'm excited to see how that carries forward. And there's there's uh, there's some disease between the sisters too that's interesting and I'm excited to see how that relationship evolves and uh and it's uh, and Ahsoka is just yeah. on the run right now. She's still like the fugitive, which I love. I loved <laughs> that fugitive episode and then now yeah. it's just continuing. I'm like, oh nice. Well, I hope we get some more of that, right? Like yeah. maybe we have we have seven episodes left, right? And so our first four episode arc was all about the clones. Maybe we need eight eight episodes, like four episodes of her on the run, right? And then four episodes of her with the clones again. Like to me, that, that would be kind uh, of the perfect. That would be story. a story. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good story. Interesting. She's not really being chased by anything though. Like, not they, really. Yeah. She was, you know, she was invited back to the order, and then she just was like, nah. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. She's not really being chased until Order sixty six. Right. Um, so. But uh, oh, so yeah. see, we might cross over already 66 or it might end with that or I don't know. We'll see. Um, we could find out easily, but we're not going to. So we'll just nope. keep going. <laughs> it's on the Internet <laughs> if you want to spoil it for yourself. But um, why not just experience it blow by blow with us? That's what I say. I agree. All right. All right. Ready to talk about some comics or comic singular? Uh, let's see. Yeah. This week we had Star Wars number four, The Destiny Path, part four, by Sewell, Size, Prianto, Rosenberg, Cowles, Silva, and Guru EFX. And I have a very short summary. All right. Having accomplished their goals, some more in- indirectly than others, 
Leia, Luke, and Lando bust a hasty retreat from Cloud City. Uh, and as always, the covers of comics lie. <laughs> oh my gosh, right. All the time. Could have told so the you. Cover, the cover of this comic is Darth Vader looking at Leia, Princess Leia frozen in carbonite. And Can that didn't, yeah. not. That didn't happen. Can I ask you both a question? Was Darth Vader in this issue? Don't believe so. He was not. He was technically in the Force vision. But Luke okay, fine. You win. <laughs> There's, thanks I, I, I take pleasure in beating Adam in any technicality. <laughs> you are correct, sir. I will. I will. I will. I will take it back. But he wasn't in Cloud City. Yes, there was no. no opportunity presented in this in this comic to have that the cover happen. That's just called advertising. Yeah. I that think. that cover also triggered me last week. I don't know if you heard. I was just like, wait, what? Like Vader is already getting very close to Leia and isn't having feelings that he's uh, she's his daughter and like lots of stuff is developing that I didn't think was developing between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And uh, I'm glad to see Vader not in this issue because I feel like that it, I too. like that stuff I've... to develop naturally. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I am glad that did not happen. But come on, don't do that to sell comics. Well, and That's also they, they it's just, a gorgeous cover, though. It's to be fair, it's yeah. a gorgeous. Yeah, it's a gorgeous cover. Fake, fake stuff's gorgeous sometimes. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was just it's obviously there to to bait all of us in on it because it doesn't make any sense. And in fact, they proved it within this comic. There yeah. was you know the whole way that Luke knows that Leia was frozen in carbonite is he feels her in the Force call out to him. Yeah. In while so, while hibernating, don't think too much about it. Nope, don't think too much about it. But Can we hey. talk about the two silent panels where Lobot opens his eyes? And now... Yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs> so I loved that. I didn't want to start off on a super negative note, except yeah. I totally did. But like, I there's there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on in this issue. So let's let's jump into it. Oh, Go right. ahead, Grant. What do you got to say about Lobot? Uh, I mean, I don't have a lot of notes about Lobot, but <laughs> just opens visually, it mimics the films, The Empire Strikes Back, in that it's this kind of THX, like 1138 callback, yeah. where it's this character who's kind yeah. of, you know, uh, zombified or enslaved to a kind of technological uh, uh, circuitry that's part yeah. of it now. And uh, uh, I just, it's, I, I love Lobot. I think there's so much more to explore with him. And if you, uh, and in Sewell's first Lando run, there's a lot mm -hmm. explored with Lobot. And if any, if Lobot's, Lobot couldn't be in better hands, really. It's Sewell writes him so perfectly. I did feel it was kind of strange that Lando refers to him as Lobot a couple times. And I was like, wouldn't you just call I, old, old buddy or something? Like, wouldn't I know. You just say, like, I weirdly I, I was up like, against that too. <laughs> yeah. When you first talks to him, I was like, wouldn't you just call him old buddy? Like, I think Lando calls everyone he's met at least once old buddy. Yeah. Right. Like, but um, nonetheless, uh, they needed to name drop. Just like, just, you know, this is Lobot. <laughs> yeah. True, true. But also, can we talk for a second? What is, what is uh, Lobot doing when he opens his eyes? Because it's my favorite thing in the entire <laughs> issue. Oh, oh I know. This, I thought of both you and Ben in this moment. I was like, oh, this was catered to you guys, where it's just a, a mouse droid attack. And yeah, they know their audience. A, a swarm <laughs> of mouse. I don't know what the animal collective of mouse droids would be. Uh, uh, beast droids? Actually, no. Beast <laughs> droids? But yeah. there's a bunch of mouse droids that go on there. Actually, you know what? I can find this out. Hey, Adam, why don't you just isn't talk? The, isn't their designation stuff? cheese? Aren't they? It's like C H like three i don't know yeah but, oh yeah it's it's weird it's like cheese I oh think. it's a it's a mischief of mouse droids that's the 
Mischief nice. of yeah. mouse dreads. All right. That well, this this issue proves that to yes, point that is indeed. correct aptly. But also, apparently, they're able to launch themselves off the ground. <laughs> well, you oh, know, yeah. when Lobot's controlling them, they can do a lot of things. You know, pretty great. They, they go full. They go full prequel in yeah. this. Uh, Judge them by the size, will you? No, not these droids. <laughs> they have the hearts of lions. <laughs> um, <laughs> Name of mice. So- uh, yeah, so we get the mouse droid attack. Lots of stormtrooper moments in this that I actually I loved. Um, they're kind of <laughs> they're kind of uh, they're subdued to the protocol, and they kind of can't really go mm-hmm. out out of what they need to do out, uh, out of order. But um, I, so interesting the uh, the Luke Force connect the Force bond uh, Luke's Force bond in this episode. How it's kind of you feel it's lessening, but he's also gaining it back, and there's this ebb and flow. Um, and then there's this wonderful force vision. And we actually, we know in the last issue or not the last issue, but the first issue he draw, we, uh, we see that the saber, when it fell down, uh, the, the shaft on cloud city, someone caught it. And now we finally get a force vision that, uh, shows us again, that same, uh, nameless phantom character in Jedi robes. And, uh, Adam, I think you found out some new information about that character that I didn't catch when I read this issue. That is correct. And of course, I had switched past the page. So let me get back to it. One second. Uh, So Luke specifically says, but I've seen things recently. Visions of a woman, maybe a Jedi calling to me. It's like the force is sending me to her. Yeah. So station too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's either Cammy or. Adam, I'll let you even say it's Mara Jade. (laughs) It's it's I'm now like as much as that was a throwaway kind of jokey joke. I've secretly been like really again, maybe it's because I'm reading Vector Prime, but I'm kind of like going going hard on this one where I'm really like it's it's totally going to be Mara Jade. She's a great character. It'd be really kind of fun if they if they brought her into this world somehow. Or is it Ahsoka? I mean, that's a good that's a good bet, too, because this is we're nearing that time. If we're going to see a convergence here. Um, post a return of the Jedi, then yeah, um, yeah. I feel I, like if you if you go the Ahsoka direction, there's a lot you can explore philosophically. But if you go like the Mar, and obviously you could do that with Mar J direction as well. But uh, in terms of Jedi ideology and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Ahsoka. But if you went in the Mar J direction, then that's like that's a spicy road. Like there is a yeah. lot <laughs> of zesty <laughs> moments that could happen from that. And I, I like I am wondering which direction they're going to go with this and. It might not. We might all be wrong, and it could, oh, it could just be. be I, I a almost totally think new character. Warba. I, 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 I think yeah. Warba's still in play, right? Yeah, Warba could totally Warba's be in play. Definitely still in play. Um, also, <laughs> How you feel about that, Leia, it could be Leia. I mean, could it not yes. just be Leia and understanding? You know, he has this it, sister right next to him. Oh, that's an interesting call. So what they've what they did in this episode is confirm something that we had been thinking about since issue one, which is that what he's seeing are force visions that aren't didn't happen. You know what I mean? In reality, because the lightsaber is still in Cloud City, right? We've had an Ugnaught find it. Um, well, yeah, that, that, that's the interesting twist there is we know where the lightsaber is, but in his visions, this female this person, figure yeah. is holding that lightsaber. But and we know in right, reality it's those, not there. Yeah. So yeah. something's going on, right? Where it's, it's it's a vision that's important, but it may not be a reality of any kind, right? It may be as Grant suggesting really his for the force trying to tell him that he has a connection to a a a female powerful in the force in other words his sister right. could be interesting that's yeah. a good call i have an even more tinfoily um uh 
explanation. You're in the right spot for it. Lock in falls in attack position. Okay, so uh, with uh, tinfoils in attack position, um, I want you to receive what if, because this is some sort of, you know, call that is going to like sort of it's disinformation. They're using this sort of bait and switch with a lightsaber. What if this is a female clone of Palpatine that's maybe trying to draw him into some sort of bizarre mating ritual to make the actual Palpatine, you know, um, vessel that he's searching for that ultimately ends up being Ray. But like, we know that he had a son that like, um, that, had a wife and then ultimately had Ray and that was a thing. So maybe this was like an opposite number. Like maybe this is one of his clones calling to him. That, that's what I got. That's a, uh, that's, that's pretty tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> you went heavy on the tinfoil with that one. I have yeah. But I mean, like it'd be um, kind of interesting if they tried to start setting up this stuff for the, like, you know, for the, yeah. the post rise of Skywalker world that we live in. I've got another one. What if it's Ray? Because in this, she's old enough. No, but I don't think this is so in this vision, in this issue, he sees the emperor saying, take your weapon. Isn't that from episode six that he's seeing that? So he's seeing calls from the future. He's seeing possible right. futures. Oh, he is, isn't he? I just noticed that. That's why I was like, I was looking back at that where he is seeing right. he's Who never is- seen the emperor before. He doesn't know who it is. And it's a straight up line from from Return of the Jedi. So so maybe we see her take her hood off and it's Ray, but he has no idea. No idea. That. Yeah. Mm. Who knows? All right, I love that makes more sense. Mine. There's, but I like, but the, all these are possibilities, except maybe yours, Ben. And then I love that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Sorry, <Wow>. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Savage. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> I love it. I, I hope that's what happens. But that is very tinfoily. That would be amazing. But the, it's, it's also great how much they're setting this stuff up, where all these are possible storylines. It feels very Star Wars. We're seeing that way, right? That we just, yeah, keep speculating. Uh, do you want to speculate? Do you want to speculate about the planet that the Phantom Jedi seems to be standing on? Like, oh what gosh, this... man! Um, yeah. I'm looking at the panel now. It has blue seas and red rock outcroppings. It has three yep. suns. I mean, Mortis. That's yeah. A, so yeah, I mean, so... yeah, could be. That's by the way why I'm thinking it might be Mara Jade as the hand of the as the Emperor's hand. Well, the other weird thing is that so he knows it's a female. Okay, she she is wearing Jedi robes for sure. It's classic Jedi. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Brown robe over like tan robes. It's like mm-hmm. essentially um, Obi Wan Kenobi's outfit for his whole career. But then black gloves. The gloves are throwing me off every single. They're time. like weird black like um vi- like gloves. If you're allergic to vinyl, you wear these gloves instead. They're like. Yeah. They're really weird, man. They're really weird gloves. Nothing's done by accident, right? So they're clearly not wanting to show um, the person's hands. And and Ahsoka has yellow-orange hands. Yeah, okay. Okay, I get that. And I think you brought up a great point uh, in our uh, last couple episodes where you said it's... um, it could be the Emperor's hand because the glove is featured so prominently in the frame yeah. panel. Right. That's what and you guys like, want it to be. I was like, that makes perfect. <laughs> I, I really want it to be Mara Jade. You can see the wrist, and the wrist is a uh, Caucasian sort of color. Oh, right. Okay. All right. So I take back my Ahsoka thing. But, also, I mean, it'd be really hard to see. Like, that hood does not hide her 
her her right. head very yeah. well. So yeah. So I'm backing is, off of that. It is the hand that Luke loses in in that fight with Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. That is like, and it's like the glove only covers like what was cut off by like um, Vader's lightsaber there. I, yeah, I'm starting to kind of go back time. around to Grant's idea that it's Leia in the Force Vision, right? And this idea that he's seeing a female version of himself, his twin, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's all all interesting calls. It's intriguing, and that's who doesn't want more intrigue. But one thing I knew for certain, and I called it, they did not give us the identity in issue four, and we may or may not get it by episode six. Right, issue right. six. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be the unveiling at the the end of maybe this volume. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say uh, issue twelve. They're gonna go the full year. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well. Um, I hope they don't. I hope we find out sooner and then there's more intrigue and different mysteries I and stuff. I just keep coming up. They keep dangling these little <laughs> bits because, man, I'm having a lot of fun speculating. It's gonna be the spe- <laughs> because by the time they tell us, no matter what the answer is, I'll be like, well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fun as this conversation. That's true. Yeah. I just want more of these conversations. More, more. Yeah. Um, and that's this. pretty much the deepest this, this comic goes after this moment it's a lot of action and then it's no, I, fair, that farewell. was my summary like everyone yeah. gets what they want right Lu- Lando completely sabotages Cloud City Leia learns about um, carbonite freezing and how to unfreeze and yeah. Luke thinks he wants his lightsaber but really he gets reconnected to the force and that's what it, that's all he really needs yeah yeah for a split second I thought Leia was pulling those blasters at the end of the issue just mm-hmm. how the panels are organized. And I was like, oh, wait, it's Luke. And then he just yeah. Like, yeah, it's a fun little mystery. I wouldn't mind Sewell kind of uh, just teasing us with Leia's Force connection in the in this run at some point. Just oh, that's I tease, thought that right? too, man. I thought she pulled those. and I was like, what? Wait, wait, yeah, like she used the Force to grab those bl- those blasters. Yeah, but that's what I Luke thought. They gave it to her. Yeah, it's like that a page the- later. Luke runs out from the background and he's like, I did it. And you're like, yeah. oh, it's okay. me. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yes. I think he even says that. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I have a feeling we'll it, probably I think that was the tease that you're looking for, because her pose is that of someone using the force. Like totally. you can't it's it, there's no mystery there. Yeah. I mean, she, she's looking like she's using the force and then she has the thing. And then that look on her face, actually, I'm going to send around to you guys because, oh, my God. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. It, yeah. Okay. We'll just keep sending that. Actually, I'm going to wait for a time to scare you all with this face and just keep sending it. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So, all right. Yeah. That's an interesting point, too. Sorry to jump on your point, Grant. Um, no, no, no. I've pretty much done making that. I mean, that was, that was, those were most of my notes for the episode. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a ton either. I think it was, it was a fun issue. And it's kind of, again, as a, you know, uh, the problem is when you read comics for as long as I've been reading comics, you start to kind of see the uh, like how arcs work, right? We're in the middle of the arcs, So we're kind of just moving the plot forward a little bit, waiting to get to the climax in a couple issues. And again, not that this was like a waste of time, but you're just moving chess pieces. Um, <laughs> ben, I just got that text message. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell you got it. I sent it to you, man. Oh, that face is, is epic. Um, that's, that face is, yeah, that's... Uh, that's... 
I just opened it. Yeah. Toothy and scary. There's also a similar face for Luke Skywalker in Battlefront 2 that's like from one of his old renderings that they they hastily fixed, but it's like it's that scary. It's just like pure like funhouse evil scary it yeah, terribleness. Nice. So have that forever. Awesome. And uh next week we get Bounty Hunters number two. So maybe oh, Dengar? Maybe Dengar. Maybe IG eighty eight. Yeah. Knows? Um, I'm looking forward to that. That should be awesome. Me too. Super. Well, um, this was uh, this week's episode of Core World News. Thank you for tuning in to this, uh, you know, podcast, broadcast, whatevs. Um, hope it finds you well. Thanks, as always, for listening. And may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.